0: Today, we're going to talk about Behind the Sign. Let's get into it. Hey, everyone. I'm here with Melissa Preciado, and she's a real estate agent here in Tucson, Arizona. And we're going to get to know Melissa and all about what she is, who she is, where she's from, and how she does real estate. So let's kind of get into it. So welcome. We really appreciate you being here. Thank you. I Ma-
1: appreciate being here. Yeah.
0: Melissa, can you share with us, you know, your journey into the real estate industry, you know, how you got there, what motivated you to like enter into this business? I find it fascinating that sometimes we talk with people and you think they got in for one reason and it's totally the other way. So share with me the reason why.
1: Absolutely. So I have been in Tucson for 30 years this July. Oh, wow. Yes. (laughs) And before that, I was a military brat. Oh, very
0: good. Yes. So So was it your mother or your father? My father. Okay. Well, when you see him next, thank him for me. (laughs) I will. Thank you.
1: (laughs) And so we came to Tucson 30 years ago and um, just have been here and um, really love Tucson, actually. You know, we came from Southern California and it was really green and we came here and we were like, wow, there's so many cactuses. <laughs> but when we moved here from uh, California, my parents ah. actually started a restaurant 30 years ago, and it's still there today. So, Wonderful. I thought that was going to be my primary career path. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I got into the corporate world and started doing other things. Um, but what led me into real estate was that I was going to make a ton of money with a flexible schedule and. All the time in the world to do different activities. So,
0: (laughs) (laughs) And you, like all of us, found out that's not the truth in real estate.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not. So, um, yeah, I learned quickly. It's like, oh, okay, I actually have to go do things and call people and talk to people. So, yeah, I learned really quick with that.
0: Wasn't it interesting because you thought you'd have your own time and your own schedule and you could set all that. And when you realized, wait a minute. I'm working for not one boss, but maybe 20 bosses or yes. 30 bosses. And yes. They all want a piece of my time, right? Absolutely. That's an eye-opening, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah, for so, sure. So tell me back, looking back, you know, what's been the like one of the most pivotal moments in your life in real estate?
1: Uh, you know, I think there's so many pivotal points in real estate. Um, you know, the I've heard many times, you know, the only constant is change. Yeah. And that is absolutely true. Um I I don't think I can pinpoint one particular time because there's just been so many um you know going switching brokerages a couple of times and you know being on a couple of teams there's there's just been pivotal moments throughout my career that just, you know, I'm I'm here now. Interesting.
0: <laughs> I'll share one with you because it's kind of this is kind of a back and forth thing. So I've been doing this for 47 years. I think I was probably in the business five or six years and I'm at a closing waiting for the sellers to come. Waiting for the <laughs> sellers to come. Waiting for the sellers to come. Finally, I and this is before cell phones. So I went to the title company, used their landline to call the house, and the police answered the door. The couple got in a car accident and <gasps> died oh. at the wait a closing. No. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, so Kind of crazy things that oh, happen to us yeah. all, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely. I've shared that story in a couple other podcasts, you know, oh, where you just weird things happen. Wow. So, it, you know, successes, challenges, we all have them in our industry, whether you're in for a year or whether you're in as long as I have or, you know, even longer. What would you consider your biggest achievement in real estate? And what, you know, what did you learn from that? What did that that teach you?
1: So my biggest achievement, I would say, you know, and, and not monetary. It's just my personal growth uh-huh. with, you know, everything, everything that has to do with who I am now. Okay. Um, I would say that's my biggest achievement, um, so far. Um, you know, uh, the cabin in, in Mount Lemon was really nice too. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> that was really fun. That okay. was a, fa- a fun house to sell, you know, okay. but, um, you know, I, I would say my personal growth is just uh I've come so far. So tell me a little bit about your personal growth. How how did you achieve
0: that? Were you were you being coached? Were you reading books? What did you have some yes. type of a mentor
1: that was helping you along the way or several mentors? Absolutely. So I started with Keller Williams, which was really, really focused on uh training, yep. you know, as you guys know. And uh I did every bold class that came along. I did any any training, any classes, anybody that was willing to talk to me about real estate and how it helped them in their career, um, I've always felt like I've just been a sponge to any information out there. Okay. Um, the Millionaire Real Estate book, I'm like... <laughs> I keep that, yeah. you know, really, really close yeah. to my heart.
0: <laughs> yeah, these are Keller Williams products. Yes. We're not marketing them. We're just letting no. you know this was one of the one of the tools that you use yes. to get to where you are now. Yes, right?
1: absolutely. Yeah. And all
0: brokerages have different tools. Yes. You yes, know Keller Williams isn't specific to having tools. REMAX has tools. Yes. Uh, Coldwell Banker has tools. Some of our local, like Long Realty and or Tierra Antigua, they have tools. HomeSmart has tools. Yes. Well, all brokerages have tools. Absolutely. The key is what? To use, use it, them, use it. Right? Yes, yeah. absolutely. So, tell me about an up and down. You know, something that brought you up or something that brought you down, and how you were able to overcome that. Ooh. Now, we all have them, so oh, don't yeah. say you don't have them. Oh no! <laughs> I had nine this morning. There, <laughs>
1: there's been there's been so many. Oh my gosh. Um, I I I think I have really thick skin now. At this yes. Point. <laughs> I had a spot in the closet where I would cry <laughs> for a long time, but, uh, but you know, uh, so unoriginal. But, you know, when COVID first started, um, that, was, that was really scary for me. And unfortunately, I went into fear mode, you know, okay. for about a good two weeks. Um, you know, I had a couple of deals and they just everything fell apart. You know, everybody was scared and just fell apart. And the, those two weeks were just... Brutal. I Yes. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, everything, you know, worked out and came back together. But that, that was a moment for me where I was really like, okay, I, I don't know if I'm going to continue doing this, you know, what's going to happen. Um, you know, that, that was really a, a big eye opener for me. What did you learn from it? <sighs> Keep going. <laughs>
0: the only Keep fear? going. Yeah. The only fear we have is the fear itself, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and you just can, keep you going. Can, you can work your way through it. Yes. As long as you don't allow it to control you, right? Absolutely, okay. yes. You know, from your experience, what major changes have you seen in the real estate market? Now, we talked a little bit about COVID. Let's talk a little bit about
1: after COVID. Right. So, you know, everything just completely went nuts after COVID right, (laughs) or during COVID. Um, You know, I really started to see a bit of a shift in the market back in August, September Mm -hmm. of last year. That's when really things slowed down for me personally. Um, and I, I'm like, okay, you know, we were always like the shift is coming, the shift is coming, you know?
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) So that's when I really started to see it and I was like, okay, buyers aren't buying, sellers aren't selling, you know, what do we do? So at that point, I feel like I had the tools necessary and kind of the, the guts to just, okay, what are we going to do? Um, you know, so it was back to basics, you know, open houses, Cold calling, uh, going back to past clients, and you know, just really getting back to basics and door knocking and and getting our boots back on the ground. <laughs> so, as old
0: timers, we call that a normal market. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's really is a normal market. You're prospecting. You're mm-hmm. looking for people Absolutely. who you can help. Yeah. in an in an arena that they're not familiar with. Right. 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 Yeah. Okay. So what advice would you give to somebody who's just starting out into real estate?
1: Absolutely. So the biggest thing I can say is getting systems in place right away. Okay. Looking at your calendar and making sure everything you do is in your calendar and you're making time for everything. Um, Whatever CRM you're using, you know, to contact clients, get that really down and and making sure that you're um, it's something that you're using you know even if it's an excel sheet that that's what you're using and and you're you're doing that Um, another thing I would say is really looking at the contracts and reading them and understanding them and all of the disclosures and everything that goes along with it because I've I've seen many times you know where it's like uh, you know there'll be a deadline that was passed by you know an agent or something and it's like there's, it's in the contract, you yeah. know, <laughs> you know, not to, but yeah. you know, sometimes uh, you don't read it or un- understand it as the agent. And I, I think that's really important to, to make sure that you have a full grip of what you're doing.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I had a, uh, a mentor long time ago, back in the early 80s, who told me that I should be reading the contract 10 times oh, yeah. every week until I can actually recite it like I recite the Lord's Prayer. Oh yeah, um, that's when the contract was one and a half pages. Oh, <laughs> now they're goodness. fourteen. Yeah, <laughs> and it's not the Lord's Prayer; it's the Giddy Bird Address. <laughs> right? It's so long, but it is true. There was a uh, teacher that I recently went to a continuing ed class because we know we all have to continually mm-hmm. get educated on what, ha- what's going on in the industry. We also have fair housing and stuff like that with that We have to pay attention to, especially nowadays with all the protected classes and the way people live their lives are all different. we have to be very respectful of those people and honor, you know, their lifestyles. But, um, John Dwyer was his name. He's out of Phoenix, Arizona. And he says, you know, you should read that contract a hundred times a year. Oh yeah. And I Absolutely. thought, wow, because there's 27 places where you can get sued in a real estate contract. Ooh, I didn't yeah, know that, but yeah, twenty-seven. I believe it. That was amazing, <laughs> you know? So you talked a little bit about, you know, personally growing, you know, going to the, what we call the MRE, A book, which is a millionaire real estate agent. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of interesting. I know like seven of those agents that are in there that they interviewed personally. In fact, one of my uh, all-time coach, Tim Wood, is is quoted in there a couple of times. Um, what was it? What was the one thing that said, that you grabbed onto and said, okay, this is it. This is what I need to do or I need to understand in my business to get better at it.
1: The need for nurturing your okay. clients, you know, okay. um, past clients, current clients. Um, we say it's a, a people business, right? right? And once you're in it, you can get caught up, you know, in the transactional part of it where, you know, you're like, okay, next house, next house, you know, transaction. And how many houses are you closing? And it can get into numbers really quickly. But when we kind of sway from people, I think that's something that I really have learned, um, that I, I need to work on continuously and something that I think, um, is, is the one thing that I can focus on where I can do better. And, and that I've like Really, the light bulb has gone off.
0: <laughs> so client care is important. Yes. But, could we use a general term like client care versus sure. versus deal care? Yes. Right. Absolutely. I, I agree 100% with you. In yes. this industry, sometimes a lot we see a lot of deal care, not client care. Right. And the agents on the other side are calling us and saying, I need this commission because I need to make my mortgage payment. Right. Well, that might be true. Right. But your client doesn't care. Yes. Your client's expecting you to care about them yes. to have a mortgage
1: payment. Right. To be able exactly. to get the house,
0: right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's good that you've you've recognized that. Yes. You know, that I think that's very important in our industry. Um, we all know that used car salesmen, attorneys, real estate agents, we're kind of down there because yeah. <laughs> of that type of attitude. Right. When you develop, I think, a really good relationship with your client, you move way up the ladder yes, because you're there and they start to understand that you really care for them. And really isn't that how we start to create generational real estate transactions with them and their family? Yes. We want to be their real estate agent for life. We want their best interest ahead of our own, because we know when we put them ahead of us, They'll just pull us right along. We don't have to worry about it, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Hey, everyone. We want to interrupt this episode to let you know that we are a Keller Williams Southern Arizona franchise. We are also realtors practicing equal housing. Now let's get you back to the podcast. What trends do you see right now that uh, is happening in real estate? What, What are you noticing that you maybe haven't noticed before?
1: Um, before in the, in the past or just right now? Um,
0: So, you know, you've been in it for eight years, mm -hmm. right? Okay. You've seen some things over eight years. We've had some ups and downs and sideways and all that. What are you seeing now that's like saying to you, we need to pay attention to this?
1: Something that I hadn't seen before is the introduction more and more of AI into our industry. Mm -hmm. Um, and just the use of technology in general that, you know, I, I really hadn't, um, put much thought into it before and now I'm really starting to see the benefits and you know maybe negatives to it so um that's something that I'm starting to implement into my business you know whether it's um writing emails or a text message that I don't know how to say it properly or I want it to sound better you know I'll put it in chat gbt and you know I'll I'll get a really nice email of what I want to say and um I think that's that's something I I hadn't used before personally. So <laughs>
0: great. Well, we're starting to see a lot of that in the industry oh, yeah. right now. We're starting to see it used when it comes to descriptive writing yes. for properties. Um, we're also starting to see it with AI generated people. Yes. So um, <laughs> you'll be getting like emails, uh, video emails, where it's not really the person, but it's the AI generated. Um, avatar. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) So we we actually are working on that right (laughs) now. Yeah, we're generating that. So Uh you have the avatar built and then you type in whatever you want the avatar to say and then it automatically says it. Mm. You don't have to be sitting in front of the camera. It's automatically being done. (laughs) We're seeing a lot of that right now on what they call, I think, deep fakes is what they're calling them right now in the industry where it looks like somebody, but it really isn't that person. It's Mm. artificially generated, <laughs> uh, figure so it's interesting you brought that up because it's one of the things that we're exploring here on our mm. team is the use of ai at, at a high level to give freedom to the agents so yeah. they can go do other activities that benefit their clients while the ai is generating or at least looking for new business yes. for them yeah okay. yeah so i got a question here where do you see the industry evolving in the next 10 years
1: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I do see it a little bit, um, going more technology based, right. Mm-hmm. More, uh, maybe people might, and maybe like more of the millennial generations, yeah. maybe just starting to focus more on, um, you know, not looking, uh, going to see houses in person, right. Where they can just Watch the video of, you know the AI or the agent, you know, posting that. you know, to to talk a little bit about the you know, the lawsuit that that uh, took place and is taking place in in different other states. Um, I just I think that's something that it's it's just a a small disruptive in our industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like there are always people that are going to be taking advantage of people and then they give a bad name to agents who are doing things correctly and who are not being pushy for commissions or anything like that. Um, And I think people who truly know the value of a real estate agent will always be willing to pay commissions. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I, and I don't see that that will go away completely. It might change but I don't see it going away completely.
0: You know what I've seen? And I I share this with uh, people on our team, the agents on our team as the team lead. Um, You have to realize that you are the listing agent negotiating a salary in the form of a commission from a seller. And then you as the agent are making the decision to share your negotiated salary, with another agent, if they're willing to bring a buyer to the transaction. And unfortunately, so many real estate agents used to use the line, well, you're going to pay me this, but what are you going to pay the buyer's agent? It isn't the seller paying the buyer's agent. It's the seller paying you, you as the agent are making the decision to pay the buyer's agent. Mm -hmm. So really that falls on you, the amount of money that you want to share out of what you negotiated with the seller. And right. unfortunately, so many agents aren't able to express it that way. They do the other, you know, OK, well, I'm charging you three percent. What do you want to pay the buyer? Right. It shouldn't be. It, it should not be expressed that way. It right. should be expressed as you are the listing agent. You're willing to share some of your negotiated salary with me if I'm willing to bring my buyer that I worked very hard to get to your transaction.
1: Absolutely. You know, yeah. I, I hadn't heard it in that perspective, but yeah, that's exactly, absolutely. That's
0: exactly what happens. Mm-hmm. And I think if we express it that way, we're, there's no trouble in the industry, right. you know? Right. And we all know sunlight is the best disinfectant, right? So <laughs> disclose everything. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, it, one of the things I'm sure you've seen over the last eight years is the educated buyer and the educated sellers oh, yes. because more and more information is readily available to them.
1: Yes. You know, with much. the internet. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. So I'm going to switch a little bit here. I want to talk about collaboration because you said you were on a team or two, um, okay. as well as real estate um, works as a individual. It also works in a team environment right? Um, a lot of times people will join teams for multiple reasons. Some of the reasons are I hate the paperwork. I don't want to worry about compliance. I don't want to track all the dates. All I want to do is meet people, show them houses, help negotiate the contract and then move on to another family to help Mm -hmm. and let somebody else fill in the back end. Similar to like a brain surgeon. They're not, giving you the anesthesiology. They're not mm-hmm. cleaning the, you know, the operating tools. Yes. They're not putting the gowns on. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me what was maybe one or two of the reasons why you chose to join a team versus being an individual agent.
1: Sure. Um, you know, and and everybody joins teams for different reasons. Right. right? right. For me, I wanted more leverage. Okay. Um, You know, it's, it's been something where um, I've always been very buyer heavy and mm. um, I was scared of for a long time, uh, you know, and that's something I wanted to leverage, you know, that's not something I wanted to do. And so that was, that was one of the reasons I joined a team. Um, and another one is, uh, I, I need accountability. So, uh, you know, having, (laughs) having, (laughs) Oh, guys.
0: That's hilarious. (laughs) Because that's 99% of us.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's why I said systems. Put it in your calendar. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yes, you know, so accountability, you know, just showing up to the office every day and and knowing that I have to be there because it's very easy to. Just you know, get comfortable with being at home, and then oh, I gotta throw a laundry load, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> there's some dishes, and then all of a sudden you're not making calls, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, so that's that's a, a huge part of why I needed to be in a structured space. Okay.
0: So, in the structured environment, um, did you have a specific structured space? So, were you going into an office or mm-hmm. were you working from home? Now, you mentioned you have ki- children. Yes, I have okay. two boys. So you have two boys. And are they in grade school, high school, middle school? They
1: are in middle school now in okay. high school. Mm-hmm. So
0: you're are you a mom from home realtor, or do you get the kids off to school and then go into the office and yes. work from the office? Yep. And mm-hmm. you find that structure works well for you. Yes. Not a lot of distractions around, yes. like you said, oh, oh yeah. I got to get the wash on her. Oh, that mirror needs to be cleaned. Or, I know I can't work from home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I understand. <laughs> My wife was, um, share a little bit. My wife was a real estate agent. She's retired right now, but I can't work from home because I get <laughs> I get pulled 19 different directions. Yeah. I have to come into the office. So structured <laughs> environment works really well for yeah. me. Um, let's talk about an experience where working with others significantly, significantly impacted your relationship with your client. So by working with somebody else, how has that impacted your relationship with your client?
1: Yes. So I, I, it, I've, I think it was like my first year of real estate. Um, I had these clients that were under contract with a house that was flipped. Uh And um, we went through the inspections and there was several things wrong with the house that weren't done correctly. Like
0: there always are. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And um, the clients moved forward with buying the house. You know, we went through the Binzer period, you know, and um, they moved forward With the house and then one day they called me after the inspection period um, and they said you know what Melissa we don't want the house so they canceled and lost their earnest money deposit you know I unfortunately at that point you know there's not much you can do to to recover that but you know so uh, we found another house we were under contract with this particular investor that I had sold a couple of his houses already and um, I just, you know, let him know the situation. Well, you know, they've had a bad experience with a uh, uh, flipped home and, you know, and um, and we, we had a good rapport. And then at closing, he actually gifted them a, a gift card with the same amount that they uh, lost for their earnest money. No, so
0: that. <laughs> was a great thing to do. Yes. Yeah, it made an impression on you.
1: Oh, on me and my clients were so thankful and they were so happy, and that really improved my clients. You know, my relationship with my clients. But I mean, with that investor, I it's like amazing. You know, with yeah. working so together. It's almost
0: you can feel that that investor isn't in it just for the money. Mm-hmm. There's you know, there's human beings involved in oh, these yeah. transactions. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So let's uh, talk about balancing of work, uh, like our work life and personal perspectives. You know, how do you balance your professional responsibilities with your personal life? In other words, what what sometimes is the toughest decision to make? Now, you have two boys at home, Mm -hmm. right? And I'm assuming that they have needs and wants, too, that may interfere with what happens in your regular work life.
1: How do you deal with that? Yeah and and that that was a huge lesson for me um because you know 8 years ago they were a lot smaller mm-hmm. <laughs> and um when i first started you know i was i was really hungry for clients you know and i w- i wanted to be working all the time and i made the mistake of canceling plans with them you know in order to go meet a client to go show a house or something and I don't know. I don't know what coach or mentor at, at some point, you know, said you have to keep your appointment with your children. You know, that's the whole reason you're doing real estate, you know, is yep. is to have, you know, a life for them, you know, for your family. And that was a huge eye opener, you know. And the perspective they gave me was you're not going to cancel an appointment with one client to go to a, an appointment with another client. You know, why why would you do that with with your kids and that was huge for me and after that i just let people know you know um if i'm going to the movies you know with the boys at five o'clock just say hey client i can't meet you at five we can go tomorrow or we can go earlier in the day you know but keeping your appointments with your family i think is very important and and treating it like that you know where you're it's an appointment and you're not going to cancel
0: yeah. That's good. That's great advice. Um, that's a core value that mm-hmm. it looks like you developed over time yes. and it's very easy to fall to the seductive nature of real estate for us oh, because yeah. <laughs> we never know when this one deal will give us a commission check that will be significant to our income. Right. 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 But the missed basketball game yes. or the missed um, recital yep. has just as much of an impact on your child as the loss or the perceived loss of a commission check, right? Right. You got to start weighing that out, and absolutely. you're absolutely correct. I agree 100 with you. You don't cancel one appointment with a client for another appointment with a client, and your kids are your clients, right? Yes. You're their mom. Oh yes. They're your kids. Right? <laughs> yes. Well, Melissa, I really want to thank you for coming in today. Thank We've you. We've gotten to know you a little bit better. I I really appreciate that. So everyone. um, We'll have Melissa's information on here if you need to reach out to her and talk with her about what it's like to be a real estate agent. Or if you have a house to sell or you want to buy one, she's a great agent. So until (laughs) next time, have a great day. Thank you for listening and watching the Nitty Gritty of Real Estate podcast here with the Tom J. Krieger team of Keller Williams, Southern Arizona. If you are interested in buying a home, selling a home, or even investing in real estate, we have 5,000 agents across the country that we can connect you to. If you need any free resources, feel free to check out our website at www.thetjkteam.com. We hope
1: you have a great day.